And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. What is up, dudes and dudettes around the world? Welcome to episode number 164 of The Drop Set. God, that is a lot of episodes. That seems kind of wild to have done 164 of these as of today. Today is Friday, March 27th. We're recording this right at around 7.27 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. When will this go live? I don't know, sometime today. Um, I do not know if I'm going to get this all recorded in one shot, but we're going to play around with it and see what we get here. So what do we have to talk about? we got a few things to talk about. Um, there's there's no shortage of stuff to talk about, let's be clear. Um, a lot of the stuff that I want to discuss today is just about you know, consistency and seeing things through because during these times, which is a phrase that I think we are all kind of sick of hearing at this point, um, I, I think what we all need to do is kind of take a step back, zoom out and look at things in the longer picture. So I am really encouraged by the fact that while this is going on, I still have people reaching out to me through my website saying, hey, I'm looking to do X, Y, Z. I know there's stuff going on right now, but I don't really care. I need to get some work done towards this goal. I'm like, that is awesome. I really like hearing that. That is promising for me. And honestly, anybody who wants to start up with a coaching arrangement now, you're showing me pretty much everything I need to see before I've even had before I've even seen you perform a day of work. Like just the fact that you're not going to let circumstances dictate what you do any more than is absolutely necessary, you can still get it done for sure. So I want to go over like an update on what I'm doing and an update on what I'm seeing other people doing and some things that I'm seeing people do well and less well. And we'll get into all that as we as we go through the day here. So um, I think I will not try to be a news organization. and I'm not even going to recap what's going on because you all know it. You're all sick of hearing it from other places, so I'm not going to rehash it and reinvent the wheel here. You want news, go somewhere else. This is a news channel. We're going to talk about other stuff that matters to you and me, especially me, because, you know, I'm the host, and what I say goes, goes. So <laughs> what does that mean? Well, we're going to kick things off with a little bit of a studio update here. Why? Because it's really exciting for me, at least. Um, if you're less excited about this, you can probably go ahead and skip ahead five or six minutes, um, and I'll catch you, catch up with you there. So um, our last episode, 160, what was it, three? What did I say we were on today? Four, 164, so 163, whatever, um, was on Friday. So since Friday, what's been going down since Friday? Well, quite a bit, actually. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and today, we are back in the studio. So Monday and Tuesday was with a drummer. Wednesday was with a bass player. Today is my wife's turn back in the vocal booth in the studio. So she'll be in there all day today. I'm going to go in for a little bit. Really, you know, I've still been told to stay away. Like, she'll do better without an extra set of eyes and ears in there. Um, but we we both decided, like, hey, you know what? Let's get me in there just to, like, capture some behind-the-scenes video footage. Because we're trying to maintain a little bit of a blog on this. So if you go to the band's website, which is sketcheclectic.com, um, there's a uh, behind the scenes page on there that is very bare bones right now, but we are going back and we've been taking notes and taking video and photos. And so we're going to post a, uh, a behind the scenes log of what's been going on in the studio each day. So, um, it's just kind of a placeholder right now, but over the weekend we're going to go back in and write a whole bunch of uh, of synopsis of up officially of what those days have been like, and then keep that updated going forward. Because you know today is day, 
Good Lord, today's day nine in the studio. It feels at this point like there's going to be 17 or 18 days, probably all told. Um, it's a big ordeal. Like, I think we're just about at the halfway point right now. Um, Monday was a big day. So we had a drummer come in. This drummer is Andy Campbell, who's a local guy in Knoxville. Crazy, crazy talented drummer. And it was really a really fun experience for me because, you know, all of the drums that we've had to date so far have just been programmed drums that I've done. So I started out, my early demos were actually me on the kit. And then soon, soon I realized, like, you know what? My ability to play is the limiting factor here, so let me program stuff. And also, it's going to sound better. The sound quality is going to be better. And I can program in some beats that I can't really play. A good drummer can play them and run circles around them. I just don't have the ability to pull them off. Um, but I understand, like, how drums work and how you play them. I just don't necessarily have the skill. So I know like how to program a beat that sounds realistic. It sounds doable. Um, but I knew that as soon as I handed that off to a real drummer and said, here, this is my idea, now run with it, that the songs were going to change a little bit. The cool thing about Andy specifically is, you know, I'm really good at programming drum parts that can really be, you know, played by a human being. He's good at playing stuff that isn't really playable by human beings. Like, he is <laughs> really good. And so I told him... Uh, I said when we get started, I'm like, you know, I know what a lot of studio drummers do is they come in here and they just lay down a beat and they kind of let the song take charge. And I'm like, what I want you to do is I want you to make sure that we always know that there is a drummer on this album. I want you to err on the side of overplaying a little bit. That is the kind of feel that I want for this album. I don't want drums to be in the background. I want them to come into the forefront a lot. I want you to be aggressive with how you play he's like, dude, John Bonham's my favorite drummer, so like, I can do that. <laughs> I'm like, that's perfect. And boy, by the end of the day, we got rough mixes of these songs done. I'm like, it sounds kind of Led Zeppelin-y. It really does. It's exactly what I was looking for. So um, he did a full day on um, Monday, and we got seven tunes done. And then we came back in on Tuesday to wrap things up and got the remaining songs done. There were a couple of songs that were not his style. They were like really laid back jazz tunes with like brushes on the kit. We're going to have somebody else come in and do those. Um, he, he gave him a good go. He's like, it's not my thing, but I'll try it. And we got into those. He's like, yeah, no, it's not your thing. It's okay. It's all right. Well, it's not what, you, not what we got you here for. We, you don't hire John Bonham to play a jazz gig. So um, he gave it a go. We're going to get somebody else to come in and do those two songs. Um, and then... So Tuesday was a half day, and then the engineer, bless his heart, he spent like an entire day outside of our time there, Monday and Tuesday, like an entire eight hours, um, mixing and editing drums because he wanted to get them all done for when the bass player showed up on Wednesday. He's like, I need the drums perfect and in time and just totally dialed in and mixed by the time the uh, bass player shows up, so he's got something rock solid to play with. And realistically most people would not be able to tell the difference between before and after editing i mean it was very minor he was so good with his time um but you know when you're trying to go for real good precision and maintaining the human feel it takes a little bit of a hands-on approach to editing so just how things are done these days it's really really curious to see the bass player that we got his name is vince Ilagen. uh dude is a beast so he came in uh, he was given four songs the night before to work on we did those four in short order in half a day on wednesday um and so he shows up to the session on wednesday with the songs all charted out 
like I didn't give him the charts. I was ready to provide charts for him. He didn't ask for them. He just listened to the songs. He charted them out. He's like, here's the chords. And I looked at his charts, and he's got a few notes drawn in. Like, these are the key notes, like this, bump, bump. So he's got a few rhythms drawn in that are key. And the rest of it, he just improv as he went through. And he came, he listened to it. He came in with ideas. He did some seriously cool stuff. And I told him the same thing. I'm like, there's, there's spots throughout here where I want the bass featured. You know, I don't. I'm not a fan of instruments that just sit in the background. If things just sit in the background, you know, make it something that I play. You know, you guys are coming in. You're, I want you featured on this album. I want you to really, really show me what you got. So, um, so he did four songs. We've given him the other six, and so he's gonna. We're gonna do those next Wednesday. He's coming back for that, including two songs on the big upright double bass. Those are our jazz numbers. So, really excited to hear that come out. Um, today is my wife's turn in the studio. She's there today, and we'll be back on Monday doing two days worth of vocals. We'll see how much we can get done then. I think she's probably gonna need another couple days after that too. Just vocals take time. They really take time. I realize now I am over what I said. So, hey, for those that skipped ahead previously, yeah, sorry, I'm still yammering on about this. I'm almost done, I promise. So um, let me play a quick little demo here. Um, this is something from one of the songs that we did on Monday with the drummer and then the bass player came in. So what you're going to hear here is piano, bass, and drums. This is kind of a final mix of those three instruments. Now, what's missing? Well, vocals are missing and also about 10 guitars are missing here. So those are all going to get added in eventually as well. So this is a song that gets pretty big. Um, this is the lead into and the final chorus of uh, one of our songs. This is called Rise. So to say I'm pretty excited about that doesn't really even begin to cover it. I mean, <laughs> I just, I'm going through this stuff and I'm like, I, I can't believe this. Like, this is so awesome at this point. It's still just so incomplete. It's going to get so much cooler still. So um, I appreciate you all indulging me on that. And if you skipped ahead, hey, you know what? Just tell me you didn't and tell me that you indulged me. Lie to me. I'm okay with it. You can just massage my ego a little bit. I'll be okay with that too. So really excited about that. So. Where are we at now? We're at 10 minutes and 40 seconds. I'm going to make a note in my show notes here. 10 minutes and 40. Well, now it's 47 seconds. So let's talk about me a little bit more because, hey, why not? It's the Darren Show, right? Why not? Um, so I wanted to give just a, a little bit update on my overall status, personally what I'm doing, um, how my workouts are coming, coming along, what my diet's like, quick little business update as well. So basically things are going fairly well top to bottom. Like I've certainly seen some client attrition during this state, a few people dropping off here and there for for some legit reasons and for some real garbage bs reasons but you know what it's not my job to judge people it's just you know let that bird fly if they're gonna fly let them fly so um i'm not getting too stressed about it yet we'll see how this goes um most most everybody is doing a really good job of transitioning to at-home workouts and i'm trying to get everybody set up in such a way that they're you know a, f a handful of people well, more than a handful. A good chunk of people are doing bodyweight workouts. That's just the lowest common denominator. Don't have access to anything. we got to do something. Okay, cool. Um, but then I'm trying to get people to graduate to something beyond that. Like, what can we find? Any equipment that we can find will help. Just because for a lot of people, bodyweight, Metcon conditioning stuff is just not the most productive thing to do. I mean, it's it's more productive than doing nothing. Absolutely. 
But depending on what your goal is, it might almost be counterproductive. Like you might be better off resting for two or three weeks than doing that kind of stuff if you're trying to grow like me. So I'm trying to come up with other um, options for people as far as equipment is concerned. And if you missed this before, please go to the website, fivestarphysique.com. Click dot com. Let me try that again. Back up. Fivestarphysique.com. Click on the banner towards the upper third of the page that talks about my coronavirus update. Click on that. That'll take you to a blog post. And from there, I have workouts link that you can download for free. There's five of them up there right now. There will be more. These are going to get updated as well. Um, and so there's two that are body weight only. There's one if you have just bands. There's one that's if you have bands and dumbbells. And there's ones if you have bands, dumbbells, and maybe a barbell with some plates as well. So we got we got some ways to uh, to makeshift and cobble some stuff together with you know your garage sale worth of uh, equipment there. So basically there's, there's stuff that we can do regardless of, of your situation. There's stuff that we can do. It may be optimal or less optimal than what we're used to more, more or less optimal, typically less, but still we can make do. Um, and if you're able to acquire a little bit of equipment, great. Now the big push that I've been making for people is bands because I find bands to be the best mix of what gets things effective, what gives us the most flexibility and what has the smallest expenditure and consumption of space. Um, so it is really like the most efficient option <clears throat> for all of those. And so I have a gym in my garage right now that fits in a bag uh, or two bags, two very small bags. Uh, so I picked up some light bands and some heavy bands. So the light resistance band, you know, like surgical tubing bands that you can clip the handles onto. I think there's a set of five of those um, in the kit. So, you know, you can use, depending on the exercise, you can use one of those bands. You can use all five of them if you're trying to do something really heavy. Um, and then it's just all about finding various uh, attachment points and ways to anchor the bands down. Sometimes you stand on them, sometimes you sit on them, sometimes you wrap them around something. So you know, there's a little bit of creativity that's involved in that for sure. Um, and then the heavy bands. So these are the kinds that you use for assisted pull-ups. Um, the utility that you can get from those bands is phenomenal. Case in point, yesterday I did a leg workout. I did banded squats. You're standing on the band. You go down into the bottom of your squat. You wrap the bands around your shoulders. And then as you stand, you know, the band gets more and more and more taut. Well, great. So that means that by the time you're up at the top of the movement, the band is really, really stretched. And so the top of the movement, it's, it's kind of like lifting with chains on the bar, um, except you don't have as much control over how much weight and how much resistance you get. But one thing that I did is, you know what would be really good to make this hard? Let's slow down the concentric on that. So we come down, you know, we're not doing an extended negative. So Extended negatives with bands are fairly useless because the negative is when the band is getting less taut and is providing less resistance. So you slow down that phase. Well, you're slowing down the phase of the exercise that gets easier um, just with how the nature of, of resistance works. So, you know, it's not a weight. It's not operating against gravity. It's not a pulley or a cable that provides more constant tension regardless of where you are in the range of motion. It's a band. When it's more stretched, it's harder. When it's less stretched, it's easier. So you've got to make that play into your tempo selections and also where you stand in relation to the acre point. There's a lot of skill to be picked up, um, and it, it's fairly intuitive, but there's a lot of things to think about when you're working with bands. Um, but you do a banded squat like that, and let's say, like, let's throw in a three- to four-second concentric phase. So once you're down at the bottom, as so you start to stand up, that's a phase where you take three to four seconds. So as the band is getting more and more stretched, you're slowing down that phase of the exercise. Fifteen reps there, 
it was brutal. And so you start combining bands as well. So you get down there and eventually I think I worked up to three of the heavy bands on those squats. It's not the same as squatting 405, but it's pretty damn hard. Um, and so just using tricks like tempo um, and things like that, you can really, really make it brutal. So I'm sitting here right now, and my quads are sore to the touch, and it was really more of a hamstring day. My hamstrings are going to hit it t- tomorrow. Um, they're they're going to fe- be feeling it tomorrow for sure, and that's when things are really going to start to suck for the posterior chain. It's usually two days for back there. I can still feel like if I'm sitting here and I flex my hamstrings, like they don't really want to do it. They're already feeling a little bit, so... I felt really good. I've done back, I've done shoulders, and I've done legs so far. Great pump on all of them. So the band stuff, honestly, bang for your buck, it's impossible to beat. Um, at this point, gone, having gone through three of those workouts, I don't feel like I'm really missing anything. I would love to be doing a 400-pound hack squat in the gym right now, but you know, I can't do that. not going to buy a hack squat, not going to buy 400 pounds worth of plates, so we've got to make some concessions and do the other stuff. And so just by focusing on quality of execution, tempo, really feeling things, you can make stuff suck and you can make it hurt. Um, and you can still progress week to week. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, I'm on a growth track. That doesn't stop right now just because I'm working with bands. Um, my back workout felt amazing. Shoulders were brutal as well. Things are feeling really good right now. So I'm happy with this. And if I have to continue with this for another four to six weeks, I'm set. I got it covered. No big deal. I'm hoping it's not that long. I'm just kind of planning for the worst. And so I would encourage everyone out there to do the same. A lot of people right now, you know, like my gym says they're going to reopen on April 6th. You know what that does? That gives people confidence that they can just kind of slack or cobble something half-assed together for right now, and they'll be back in the gym in 10 days. I'm telling you right now, it's probably not going to happen. Um, and if it does happen, and if your gym does reopen, I would strongly encourage you to stay away anyway because it, it's not a good idea. Um, you know, th- this thing is not going to blow over that quickly. Just because some facilities might be reopening doesn't mean that they should. Um, and you would probably be much better off for the sake of everybody to stay away. So, you know, again, I don't know. We'll see what happens when the, when the dates come around and those kind of announcements get made. But for right now, that's kind of what I'm thinking. So uh, I'm planning, even if my gym does reopen on April 6th, I'm, I'm not going to go back right away. And I'm doing fine with what I've got right now. So um, it all comes down to um, anchor points for bands. It really does. So I actually went and installed, <laughs> like, you know, I, I had some ideas of how the whole thing was going to play out. So, you know, I got the bands, and by the time I had everything that day, I'm like, great, let's work out that day. So I didn't really have time to go through in advance and think it all through what I was going to do. Um, so uh, I knew, like, okay, I had a, a a standing band row. It was back day first. So I'm like, okay, great. So I'll just wrap um, the band around a leg on my workbench. And so I also have a mag bar, like a wide grip mag bar, you know, those big black cast iron um, pull down bars. I've got one of those. I just keep it in the back of my car all the time, take it into the gym for back days. Um, and I've had one of those for a year and a half. And I'm like, hey, I've got that. So let me let me attach that to my band, wrap the band around that. And then I'll, I'll wrap the band around the leg of the workbench and go to town. I'm like, well, yeah, that'll work. But that's kind of cumbersome because if you want to tie something on both ends, so you're tying the band around the leg of the workbench and then tying the other end of the band around your handle, like that gets to be a little bit of a pain in the ass. It's doable. It's just a pain in the ass. And especially then if you start working with multiple bands, it's a bigger pain in the ass. So what I did is just to make things a little easier and faster, I took, I had some of those hooks that you like hang a bike on for storing it. Um, I had a couple of those sitting in a drawer. So I just installed one of those on a leg of my workbench and then I went and I installed one on a horizontal beam up high on my deck um, underneath. So it's about nine feet off the ground. Um, and so I have to get up on a ladder to hang a band from it. But hey, you know, whatever works, right? Um, 
And so I used my uh, my wide grip mag bar for that, and I was doing uh, standing wide grip pull downs with multiple bands that honestly just hurt like fire. I mean, I got a crazy pump from that. I got a really good pump from the um, standing row as well. I did some reverse flies. I did a one-arm band row. Um, you know, I've got the ability now, I think um, this next week, I might try and throw in some pullovers into the mix as well. There's a lot of things that you could do. So um, I, I was not wanting for options. Having the handle option is really nice. Having the ability to add a bar into it was really nice. I really enjoyed that. It's not essential, but I've got that mag bar. And then I'm like, man, let me get one of those close grip handles. I've been thinking about picking one of those up for a long time. Let me go ahead and grab that. But you can only buy them through the company, Maximum Advantage Grip. Um, and uh, they're shut down right now. So <laughs> you can't buy them through resellers or anything. They're closed due to coronavirus until early April. So uh, that was uh, SOL. But I did pick up some handles from Amazon. What I picked up was a, uh, a rope attachment. So I'll attach that to the bands. Um, a V-bar handle for uh, doing tricep work. And then also a close grip handle for doing some, some standing rows so I can do closer wide grip. Picked all those up for like 50 bucks. And, you know, just to have the freedom and flexibility to do stuff here, totally optional. Not necessary at all but I just felt like you know what I might as well if we're going to be doing this for some handful of weeks let's let's get to it here so those workouts have been going really well I'm really happy with that I've done three of them and as I go through because I initially wrote those workouts kind of blind I hadn't worked with bands consistently in a long time so I just wrote them like this will be good this will be good this will be good this will be good all right cool and here's some tempos blah and so then I realized as I was going through I'm like bad idea bad idea got to fix that got to change that and so I'm editing them now as I go through them for the first time so if you've gone through any of those workouts um, you may notice like what is dude doing here and the answer is I had no clue you know I was I was kind of just making stuff up and that's what happens when you have to write a workout set blind um, so I'm going through and editing those now as I go through them and then I'm, I'm recording videos for everything as well so there will be playlists and all these videos that show up also so st keep your eyes peeled for that we want to get those in there um, because right now, you know, a lot of these bodyweight exercises, they're new, they're different to a lot of people. If you're not a CrossFit Metcon kind of person, you're not going to know what a lot of these movements are. Um, but I want to make sure that we get all those instructions up there. So I'm um, going to make sure you're all set. So I'm doing this largely um, for the benefit of my clients, just so that they have stuff to work with. But also I'm like, you know what, during this time, let's just make it available to everybody. So those are all available for download online. So um Diet's been pretty good. Um, I've been keeping things together here. I, I know there's been a lot of issues with like food availability and stuff like that. I'm very fortunate in that you know I'm still going through clean eats for a meal prep um, company. They're not having any issues, so you know I go to the stores and we were there yesterday. And I'm like, okay, this is the first time I've gone to the store, um, and I'm just looking at like the one store that's local to me where. You know, okay, if I had to do my meal prep now, I could do it. I could do it with this. Before, it's like, mm, man, no. But the stocking issues are looking much, much better now around here. I realize that everybody's a little, every place is different for sure. Um, but it, it got pretty bad here. Like everything in the in the meat and poultry section was picked over. Every single thing. There wasn't a single egg in the store. Nothing like that. Now I looked and I'm like, okay, the eggs were stocked. Like they were loaded up. Meat and poultry, a little more slim pickings. They had a lot of ground turkey. They had a lot of ground beef, not a lot of chicken, but I'm like, I could make do with this if I had to. So um, did I pick up anything? No, because I don't need it. So <laughs> I'm not, not one of those guys who's like, oh, they have it. Finally, I'm going to pick some up just in case. There's no just in case. No, 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 no. That, that's the kind of thing that leads to this problem. So I picked up what I needed, um, non-perishables, you know, like oatmeal, um, cereal, which is my post-workout carb, 
Um, I'd go through some nuts, nut butters, um, that kind of stuff. Easy peasy, no issues. Um, the only issue that I had finding was egg whites. Couldn't find egg whites. They were out of those. But I've seen those in stock at other stores around. So I'll, I'll just go to someplace else probably today and pick up a carton of those. Um, and my wife is a big Trader Joe's fan also. And she mentions, like, whenever she goes to Trader Joe's, she's like, it doesn't look like anything's going on at all. Like, the pasta section's pretty picked over. Everything else is really well stocked. No issues with anything. No shortages on any meats or anything like that. They got everything. So um, just something to uh, to consider. So um, anyway, that, that's how things are going here. Um, I did work in a cheat meal last night. Um, had some pizza, which was lovely. First cheat meal I've had in a little while there. Um, so things are still feeling fairly tight overall. Since the gym closed and things have kind of gone into lockdown, um, I've dropped about five pounds, actually. Um, a lot of reasons for some of that. And some of it is just certainly glycogen depletion. And so I've seen about one of those come back so far. So my goal is to get back to that. So I'm aggressively pushing growth right now. I'll check in with coach tomorrow and see, uh, see what her plan is overall, but I'm feeling really good about stuff and, and where things are at right now. So no complaints, no complaints. It's solid. We have, um, one voicemail to go over here and that's all I got. I'm, I'm disappointed. Like, where are all the questions? Where are the questions? Come on, people step it up, step it up. Eight, six, five, Five one eight two nine seven four. I I know I can't really blame you all because you know I've been so slack for a while. So if you've just forgotten, like, oh, that guy still has a podcast. Who's that? What's his name? Yeah, I don't remember. What? Uh, yeah, I I get it. I get it. So I've been slacking. Apologies on that. But remember. Call in, leave a question. Let me know what you want to talk about. There's plenty of stuff to talk about here. 865-518-2974. I've got one voicemail. Let's check it out real quick here. Hi, Darren. This is Kaya from Prescott, Arizona. Um, I'm dealing with something I'm sure a lot of people are, um, the impending possibility of my contest being uh, canceled. I'm currently preparing for a show on April 25th. Um, it's not canceled yet, but the ones surrounding it um, through the OCB all are. The next show I would do would be June 20th. I'm wondering if you have any recommendations on how to transition should my 25th show be canceled um, out of cutting and maybe back into cutting or what I should do with the time in between. Thanks. Good stuff, Kaya. And just uh, to, to thank you, you're basically keeping the show afloat on your own right now. So I appreciate that. <laughs> so don't stop. By all means, keep it coming. Keep it coming. I need you. I need you right now. Um, so yeah, possible show cancellation. So April 25th, I think you said so. And I think we went over this before. I, I believe this is an OCB show. And I don't think the OCB has issued any kind of blanket cancellations, uh, blanket cancellation notices regarding shows like the NPC has canceling all shows up through May 10th to preserve the possibility of Junior USA is still happening because that's a big moneymaker for them and they don't want to pull the plug on that one until it becomes absolutely obvious that they have to. Um, and so I've, I've got a client who is still getting ready for that show. One other update on that, by the way, because um, I was I was pushing, I emailed the NPC on this, I got nothing. He reached out to the guy who promotes the show on Facebook and got an answer from him there. Um, so with the, with the NPC for your national shows, you have to have a qualification. You have to have a national qualification. So a lot of the local and regional shows will tout their status as a national qualifier, meaning, hey, we're going to draw more people in because if you finish top two in an open class, then you're qualified for a national level show. 
show. That's how people do it. That's who then goes to compete in the national level shows. So um, he has done that before, but our plan this year was, okay, we're going to do a tune-up show two weeks out, re-up his national qualification status at that point, and then do the do the Junior USAs. Um, well, the, the tune-up show where we would re-earn his qualification got canceled. So then we're like, oh, shit. Okay, this is a problem. This is a problem. So I'm thinking now, like, well, they're going to have a whole bunch of problems with all these qualifier shows because that, that's a fairly common strategy. Like people that know that they're going to finish well at a show, they will plan on doing one two to four weeks out from their, their national show to re-earn their qualification and then go from there. Um, so with a lot of, with a lot of those shows getting canceled, I'm like, they're going to have a problem with people getting into shows. So I emailed them like, Hey, what, what's your position on, on grandfathering in qualifications from previous years, knowing full well that they don't track that stuff. And I knew what the answer was probably going to be. And it's, I, I was correct as far as what it was, which is they're just waiving qualifications for junior USAs. So basically at this point, regardless of who you are, if junior USAs is on, you can go do it even if you have no business doing it, which I don't really think that's going to end up being a big problem. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, so qualifications got waived. Great. So that that's no longer an issue. The only question now is, is that show still going to happen? So we're about six-ish and a half weeks or so out from that. So um, we'll see what what happens there. But Kaya, for you, your, your show here, um, <clears throat> you know, I always tell people like, hey, you know, don't don't start making your plans and don't start canceling things and changing things until the show is actually canceled. Like we proceed, we're on track right now. Great. And you know, we will switch gears and make adjustments only when and if we need to. That being said, I think the OCB needs to do something right now because I really, really doubt this April 25th show is going to happen. It's possible. It's possible, but I would be really surprised if it did. So at this point, it would come down to, okay, you know, and, and realistically, so Kai, let's have the conversation as if I was your coach here. Um, I, I would probably say, you know what, at this point, I don't expect this show is going to happen. We're going to pull the plug on this prep and we're going to target this June show instead. Uh, and I, I would throw into that, like, even if the show does happen, I think that doing it and being in a big crowd like that at April 25th, probably a bad idea because if the show happens, it's, you know, <laughs> I said I wasn't going to get into the news, but here I am. I'm getting into the news. So we all probably know um, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the leading epidemiologist for the country at this point. Um, he, he is on record, and he said something really smart. Like, you know, governments and people, you know, presidents, governors, mayors, et cetera, county commissions, they don't determine the timeline. The virus determines the timeline. And so he's basically the warning there is, you know, if stuff reopens too soon— we're going to have this problem all over again. So therefore I think it's, it's wise to err on the side of caution. So having a big event or gathering like that at a show, April 25th, I think is just too soon. So if they don't cancel it, first of all, I think they should, but if they don't cancel it, I still think it would probably be wise to avoid it. Um, just out of an abundance of caution. So that would be my recommendation there. And I would start planning ahead for June right now. And so at that point, it's like, okay, where are you at right now? Were we on track for this April show? Let's just pretend here. I know, Kai, we do a lot of hypotheticals here, right? <laughs> so it seems like that's always what we're doing here. Um, but uh, let's let's assume it's like, okay, we felt like we were really on track for that April 25th show. Um, awesome. You know, we're happy with conditioning, et cetera. So now we've got till June. We've got another, like, you know, six, eight weeks or something like that. Cool. Okay. What are we going to do with that time? Um, I think it, what I would probably do, um, and this is kind of like, let, let's say, 
it's kind of like doing a show where you've got three months in between shows. It's it's a weird gap of time. Like it's not time to really transition into a full on growth phase. You don't want to start putting on a bunch of weight intentionally, knowing that you're just going to jump back into prep and and bring it back off again. But what I would do is probably start a fairly hasty reverse diet process. Um, and I would target a midpoint like, okay. And a lot of this would just have to do with how you look and what your conditioning looks like. But I might say, okay, with where you're at right now, I think if we relaxed for six weeks and by relax, I mean like methodically reverse diet, get calories up, bring cardio down. And then we plan on a big, strong six week push to the finish line of that second show. I think that could be really productive. And maybe it's more like, oh, well, we're going to do, you know, five weeks of reverse diet and then seven weeks back into the cut or something like that. And realistically, on that reverse diet, you're still probably going to be on a deficit. We're just going to ease it up, give your body a little bit of a break, you know, let the metabolism and your adrenal system recover a little bit, maybe take an extra day off a week, dial back the cardio as well. So a little bit of a restructuring of things. But basically, it's one of those things where you're trying to balance the scale a little bit. And each side of it might be weighed a little bit differently, but there's two phases. There's a reverse phase, and then there's jumping back into prep. How much time do you spend on each one? So you've got to know, okay, from today until show day in June, we've got this many weeks. And then it's really just kind of a gut check. Like I would look at you, I, you know, if I was if I was your coach, I'd know all the variables of your prep up till date. I'd know how you'd been feeling, like what your overall fatigue level was, um, how hard you've been pushed, how much more gas you have in the tank, that kind of thing. And then I make a judgment call. I'm like, let's reverse for five weeks, and which is going to feel like an eternity, um, <laughs> and then uh, jump back into prep for the final seven or whatever the numbers end up being. But it'd be something like that. That's how I would approach it. That's the thought process that I would use. A lot of variables in play for sure. Um, and certainly, um, if, if you're interested, shoot me some updated picks. Let me see where you're at right now. I can probably give you a little bit more of a precise answer. But generally, for the whole public, there you go. That, that's how I would approach it, just because there's a lot of this happening right now with people having to pick different shows, etc. cetera. So um, that's the general tack that I would use for it, though. Whew. You catch that? That was a passage of time of about five hours right there. <laughs> I uh, I stopped recording after that last question and said, hey, uh, and I, I heard my wife stirring upstairs, so I went to say hi to her. And before I knew it, I was answering some emails and then eating and then uh, getting caught up in X, Y, and Z. And now I hear Taz barking outside because I think the neighbors are getting their yard mode. So, yeah. Um, and so I, I ate and then uh, went to the studio. Um, to record some video my wife came back and got into a work block um, got most of my check-ins done for the day and now uh, here I am I'm getting ready to transcribe into my workout logbook and I'm like hey never really finished that podcast I should probably get on top of that so trying to stay uh, trying to stay on the up and up here the studio was uh, kind of interesting we uh, it's funny I hadn't been there for vocal tracking yet because the engineer said hey when we're doing singing you can just stay away because I think the fewer eyes and ears that are on her, the better time she's going to have doing it. Just, you know, fewer bodies in the room. She can just open up a little bit more. And, and I'm like, I totally get that. Fine. So, but she asked me to come in just because we're trying to do all this behind the scenes stuff um, for our website. And just because I think people are curious about the process. And so I stayed there for about an hour and a half while she was doing. And it, it's, it's fascinating to watch the process. So she's in a vocal booth in a different room. She's about 30 feet away. There's the, that um, room has two doors going into it, and they're both shut like an airlock. Um, 
And so she's in there. She can see video of the control room where the engineer is and where I was sitting as well. Uh, and so he can make hand gestures to her and signal like this way, point that way, et cetera. And they're on a microphone headphone system so they can talk to each other as well. And then he'll play music. She hears it on her headphones and she, she just sings into a silent room with music in her headphones and uh, can't hear her at all, like standing outside the room. But in the control room, she's just blasting through the speakers. So it's kind of cool just logistically how that works. But the process of recording a song, like we spent about an hour and 45 minutes to do about 75 seconds of a song for the lead vocal. And that was pretty fast. Um, That's how it works. So it's all about like the notes he was giving her because he's a really good coach as far as getting a performance out of a singer. And so he's giving her notes like that that the, the timing on that was a little bit off and there's like okay the timing was good but the intensity wasn't as good there you slept on that word I didn't really get that word that one kind of fell under the cracks can we try it again and so he's recording everything recording everything and then he pulls together the best takes from everything and stitches together the full line so that's just how it's done um, but it's really weird and he said like yeah Whitney Houston and I Will Always Love You, the intro where she's just singing and there's no music before the music comes in, that was 75 takes that they put together. So you've got like a breath from one take, a syllable from one take, two syllables from another take. It's like, no, that, that whole thing was stitched together, cut, and cut with scissors and, a, and an exacto knife by hand and stitched together on tape from 75 different takes. That is not Whitney Houston just singing because she's a badass. She is. She does not do something like that in one take. Nobody does. So it's pretty remarkable to, to see, how the, see how the sausage gets made, so to speak. So anyway, the last thing I want to close out here was just a, a little discussion about adaptability because of how relevant it is right now and our ability to adapt to situations because that is what we are all having to do. If you find yourself being one of the rare exceptions right now that has not had to adapt to a significant change in your situation. First of all, you're lucky. Second of all, you will. And thirdly, if you don't, you probably should. Um, Like if your gym is still open at this point, it should not be. It should not be, and you should be out of there. Um, Just for the sake of everybody else, um, go home. It's just, you know, uh, we're all in this together. But um, being able to adapt to these circumstances. Some people are really good at it, and some people are struggling with it a little bit more, for sure. We talked last week, one of the things that we talked about was, you know, working from home and just having the discipline to keep yourself on task um, and, you know, the, the power in not getting bored and how powerful that is just as an uh, as a disciplinary tool. Um, just don't let yourself get bored. If you let yourself get bored, that's when problems start to creep in. Um, and I always tell somebody, even under normal circumstances, when you're on prep and you get down to those last handful of weeks and you find yourself getting bored, that's when all the bad decisions end up getting made and all the mistakes get made as well. So I think there's a lot of value just in keeping yourself busy and occupied, but having the ability to adapt to changing circumstances around you is absolutely crucial now more than ever because you're, th- this is a great test because circumstances are changing and they're out of your control. There's nothing where it's like, oh, my gym closed. Oh, well, I'll just go find another gym. Well, yeah, you might find another gym. Guess what? That one's closing another day. So you're, there's no getting ahead of this. You know, you are going to have to adapt and change your routine. And I just got off the phone with Max, a client of mine, and he's, you know, we're still about six weeks out from from Junior USA's. We're still kind of planning on that until the show gets canceled. So we're, we're full steam ahead here. 
he's about as hardcore of an individual as you're going to find. Um, and so his gym got closed. He had a facility at his work as well, which also got closed. So as soon as that one shut down, he's like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? And so what did he do? He went around and he he scoured uh, everything and he's like, oh, I can find this. I can find that. Hey, you know what I've got? My dad has some stuff. And so he, he goes, he goes. And so he is put together a very hodgepodgey, but a workout where he was able to cobble together what he needed. So what he needs right now, because he's six weeks out from a show, he can't get by with bodyweight workouts. That ain't going to work. So you can adapt to what you need. What do you need for the phase that you're in? Are you trying to cut body fat, but you're, you're in more of a recomp phase? You're not trying to, you're not six weeks out from a national level show. And this isn't to place different, um, different levels of importance on people based on their goals. But if you are trying to drop 50 pounds or 20 pounds or whatever versus being six weeks out from a national level show, our approach can be a little bit different here. So for Max, bodyweight workouts aren't going to do the trick. They just aren't. I mean, if the show happens and he gets up on stage and he's been doing bodyweight workouts for six weeks, he is going to look terrible compared to if he was able to cobble together some really quality resistance workouts for six weeks, which is what he's able to do now. So he was able to do some really high rep, um, slow tempo squats, still with some moderate weight. You know, he's still able to, to find about 350 pounds worth of plates. It was not easy. Um, he had to search high and high and low and pull some strings to make some stuff happen, but it was important and he did it. He adapted to the situation. Um, and so we have some good options here. The option that I've adapted to going to bands. I've never been a workout at home kind of guy. I've always poo pooed on that. Whenever I get a, an email from somebody through my website and full disclosure, I'm probably telling more about myself than I should here. Um, an email through my website and somebody's like, Hey, I'm just interested in coaching, blah, blah, blah. I work out from home immediately. I'm like, Oh, okay. never mind. I was getting all excited about this, and then bleh, here we go. Well, I mean, now those people are my best friends. <laughs> so it kind of helps reframe things a little bit, but I've just never been excited about home workouts just because, for me, there's something missing in the atmosphere, in the environment, in the energy of working out at home. But now, you know, I mean, I, I have to. I don't have a choice. So I've got bands. I've got the equipment that I need, which is very minimal, but it is what I need to get the job done. And then you make the environment what you need it to be. So I've got this shop speaker out there. I crank some music. I annoy my neighbors for 45 minutes, and I make it work. I turn on the heater if I have to. I open the garage door if I have to. Um, and just go to town and do the work. Make a clean space for yourself. Make sure that you can do everything that you need to safely and get it done. Um, but be, be adaptable. You know, you, you've got to respond to the circumstances around you without being owned and governed by the circumstances around you. You can still bend things to your own will to some extent. You can't stop the spread of coronavirus just by wishing it away. You can't reopen your gym just by praying really hard. But you know what? If you have some, what is your problem, Derby? What the hell is wrong with you? She's sitting on the third step right now just barking at nothing. That cute little girl. You totally interrupted my inspiring train of thought here. Derby, I hope you're happy. Everybody out there is like, how's he going to finish that sentence? Well, guess what? I don't remember what I was saying now. You can't pray your gym to just open up again. It doesn't work that way. But what you can do is change the circumstances a little bit. Bend them to your favor um, just by being determined. And again, being disciplined. Like, I'm going to do this. And what this is might end up looking a little bit different. We're going to have to change some things. That's what adaptation is all about. But it doesn't have to result in just a quit or a give up or a total reassessment of everything that you're doing. It's like, no. No, we're going to find a way to make this work. We're going to 
pull some strings. We're going to get resourceful. We're going to get creative. I'm going to ask my coach what he thinks. We're going to get creative together and we're going to solve this problem. And that's kind of the mode that we are in as a society right now. We are in this, in this mode of collective problem solving where we're all faced in these, we're all faced with these different situations. We have to adapt to them. We have to come up with creative solutions. We have to look for solutions to these problems. And oftentimes we have to do it together, even though we can't really be together. So there's a lot of interesting social networking happening here and a lot of collective problem solving going on, which is really cool. So the resources are out there if you look for them as well. And use me as a resource. Absolutely. If I'm your coach, of course, you know that already. If I'm not your coach and just a listener, email me, check out my website, look at the workouts that I have there, shoot me a note, let me know what I can do to help. You know, it's what I'm here for. So let me help you adapt to the situation. That's the big thing. That's all I got, guys. Peace out from me here. I will be back on Monday. I do anticipate. So um, hit me up. Give me something to talk about so you're not just listening to me rambling on about studio stuff and other crap that I'm the only one who cares about. Um, but, yeah, so call in 865-518-2974. Leave a message. Let me know what we need to discuss. I know there's a lot on people's minds right now, so hit me up with it. Have a great weekend. We'll check back in on Monday.